Perfect. So uh, thank you, Duncan, for uh, coming on the show. What's what's uh, being an independent documentary filmmaker's life like? You know, I'm just like curious to know. Oh, well, the, these days, like everyone else who have to navigate through the pandemic, it's um, challenging to say the least. But prior to um, the pandemic, uh, there, there's gradation of uh, challenges. Uh, the, the in, you know, being an indie filmmaker um, in, in the U.S. Uh, have been a uphill battle all along. And with a lot of the... Um, evolution of the streaming platform and the consolidations of uh, productions and programming. Uh, indie filmmakers, especially if you were a uh, independent producers, uh, there, there are things that uh, were shifting quite a bit in terms of available resources and, and uh, capacity for collaborations and access to um, projects uh, and, and, and that translates for a lot of people um, the obstacles for uh, difficulties in obtaining financing so there's there's a lot of um, navigation and, and uh, reshifting focus and how do you uh, still uh, compose projects and creative work and uh, maintain integrity to the extent that you're working with, with a uh, changing industry and an ecosystem. Uh, so for, for myself, it's very similar, but uh, heading into the current project that I have right now, I knew um, full uh, front and center that uh, I, I needed to manage very limited resources. So I was, I was already working in that um, pretense and, and uh, the limitations. So even though I have, you know, I had to make adjustments uh, in, in the pandemic, it wasn't as drastic as some of the folks that I've seen, you know, my peers. Uh, so it, it continued to uh, to be challenging. It's, uh, it's 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 a it's 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 a regression in terms of uh, available resources. Uh, nevertheless, I think that that may be a. Uh, an opportunity, uh, you know, for someone like me, and, and I'm certainly, uh, you know, very active in seeking that um, viability and potential is to uh, look at new ways of uh, doing things. Okay, well, we don't have access to certain things. We don't have as much uh, financing available in, in the conventional sense. So what, what do we do? Um, and, and that becomes part of the creative process. So, so that, that, that in itself, uh, it's frustrating and exciting and, um, uh, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, it challenges you, uh, you know, for, for myself, you, you know, I, I like that challenge, so I embrace it, uh, you, you know, for better or worse. Right, right. I mean, and you have been doing this also, like, for the past, what, like, 15 years, so, you know, how has the sort of indie uh, film industry, or, or not, I shouldn't be actually calling it an industry, but the in, indie film scene, Mm -hmm. changed over the, the sort of past decade i mean are we seeing with like ott platforms and you know other uh, online streaming platforms more content more like quality content coming out they, or yeah are, there, yeah there's certainly a lot more content available and more accelerated content productions uh and uh with the different platforms there, there are new access to 
uh, distribution that wasn't uh, available more, more than a decade ago. Uh, I think things started to really shift back in, um, I would say between 2013 and 2016. There, there was a lot of just renegotiation and resetting uh, from the conventional distribution model to uh, you know what 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 we're seeing and it's still an evolution it's still emerging uh, but but you have uh, players uh, well um, industry stakeholders that are now getting a foothold uh, and the framework and the parameters are much more uh, compatible to old cable network um, strategies so for the independent producers and the filmmakers, unless you already have an established uh, relationship with uh, the, the, the various production companies that may be doing co-productions co co with some of these entities, uh, you may have difficulties you know, gain, gaining access. So a lot, you know, a lot of folks are doing more purely independent projects away from these conventional models, you know, I mean, Netflix, Amazon, uh, and the likes now, they, 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 they are the, the now, con, you know, conventional model right. of um, film production and uh, television production. Uh, so, and, and a lot of the um, more established cable networks, uh, they're shifting their business model to be more like Netflix, right. to be more like Amazon. And it's similar to uh, the studios. Uh, you know, I mean, recently, uh, as you're probably aware, um, uh, Warner Brothers uh, really invested quite a bit of um, time and money into uh, launching HBO Max. Uh, and, and then, uh, you, you know, during the pandemic, releasing what, you know, should have been uh, conventionally theatrical uh, releases. So, right. so the so 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 that you know a lot of these models are, are still shifting. Uh, so, for for myself, and I can speak on behalf of a lot of folks out there. I know you know folks uh, struggle on different uh, gradation. You know, I am the type you know who just won't who just can't take no for an answer. I'm just going to do it one way or the other. I, I you know it doesn't matter. You know what what changes. You know, if I have a commitment to something, I'm going to find a way to do it, right? Um, uh, I, and I, I think that that's, that's probably um, to my own detriment and also to my own advantage uh, sometimes. I'm not chasing uh, festivals. I'm not chasing um, uh, recognitions in terms of, you know, laurels and awards and, and, and things like that. So I, I am not as tied to that connectivity you, through the conventional model, you know, where most folks are, they need to build up the credentials for this and that. And then, uh, you know, I mean, credits is the, the, the valuable currency in, in Hollywood, right? right? And then even, you know, and, and that's very true for indies, even though that, you know, you know, most independent people like to declare themselves as in, independent, but um, in reality, all practicality, they are not. Uh, there are you know, a very limited number of people who are truly independent. And is this because when they decide to partner up with, a, with an online streaming service like a Hulu or a Netflix, is there some kind of an uh, you know, 
content oversight that is then that is then put on the independent filmmakers mm-hmm. or or is it mm-hmm. more of a self censorship like what might sell what yeah. what what might yes. be more uh you know suited to these like platforms like or or like is it both correct correct you know it, it, it's it's definitely a combination of these things right uh so you you, you know you know um uh a lot of the analysis that you may uh consider before you even uh try to develop fully your your creative project oftentimes even though that uh, you know people tell themselves they they don't want to do that or they try not to do it but 9 times out of 10 or 10 times out of 10 they're looking at well these are similar projects on Netflix or on Amazon or you know uh, whoever the you know the final distribution platform may be appealing to you um and I want to uh you know I th- I think there there there's a deliberation but for me it's it's a little different for a lot of folks um they want the world to see their creative work right so by whatever means right I'm going to formulate you know and and a lot of times it's a compromise it's uh uh you, you know so so their 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 prescribed content acceptance um that rides the um the trends of what is deemed to have value to maintain subscribership right, right. so that's what you know that that is a big piece of of the business model right now uh and we know um, because of what happened with the t- pandemic with a lot of uh theaters all around the world uh closing uh you know especially you know in in our neck neck of the woods in north america right you know we were um so sort of the prominent ghost town uh you know where where everyone uh you know look looks to uh the US as the quote unquote you know ultimate you know authority and approval right you know you see that in the war shows you you know there's there's more um attempt to diversify and to be inclusive but from right. and I'm going to be completely you know frank and honest but so much of that is seems to me very apparent on a facade level it's it, it's there's something lacking to the sincerity of that approach it's it's almost like oh the world's watching us now we have to have diversity right. you know right. instead of looking at well what is the balance and the reconciliation between business creativity integrity uh of 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 treating people who are you know part of that creativity as well as uh perhaps recognizing um not just as a um reactive mask you know critical mass response to what seemingly is acceptable from an audience um right. and and we have uh done too much of that and, and that's been the the rhythm of media to begin with right uh, you know it's it's not new uh so the so the new platform in terms of distribution they reflect that they adopt that uh so the, the you know the more time goes on the more corporate you know in, in regards to that approach that they adopt i'm not i'm not um uh 
you know, presenting an argument against corporations. You know, I think there, there, there are ways that we balance, you, you know, what, um, you know, how you have a corporate body and still could do very good things. But oftentimes it's, it's uh, you know, reverts back to the same prescribed formulas. You know, as you see in other industries, right? It's, right. it's all about, in order for us to be deemed successful, we have to have certain things that would have a perceived value that people want to give us money for. There, there's not, you know, at the end of the day, what is the real exchange of value? That's very questionable. Makes makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, it's 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 definitely where do you sort of draw that balance between like independent work versus like corporate, you know, uh, influence, right? Like that's that that's the sort of uh, it's, it's, it's the sort of million million dollar question, right? So I, I just want to come back really like quickly to your to to your project that you sort of mentioned earlier as well, which was uh, one paycheck away, right? Like, and, mm -hmm. and I believe that this is the project that you have been working on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, over the past uh, year or so, so like mm -hmm. tell us a sort of a little more about this project. You know what drove you to you know investigate this this uh, uh, process. Uh, what drove you to to try and capture the realities and the experiences of you know uh, everyday mm -hmm. middle class Americans. Uh, and on your like website, you will like mention that about eighty percent of the total population live paycheck to paycheck. That's an astounding uh, two hundred and sixty million people, right? So, mm -hmm. so how how did you come up? or come across this like number, what sort of drove you to investigate this further? Right, right. Well, I, I've spent a, a number of years working uh, with uh, various economic uh, community development initiatives as well as, uh, you know, what has been policy-related issues to these initiatives. And, and a, lot of, a lot of the activities um, uh, were uh, broadened to include uh, critical infrastructure to natural resource management uh, and, and, and I was fortunate to be involved um, in um, a diverse set of communities and organizations and, and individuals through, throughout the country. Uh, and, and gained a lot of insights uh, in addition to observing the uh, perceived benefit and values uh, that were supposed to be uh, connected and distributed as part of these efforts. Uh, a, long, a long story short, um, I would say that all of those efforts, despite initial conveyance of good intention you know you know so there, there, there are times that that there were policies and, and different public and private um, partnerships that who came together and um, supposedly the framework was to try to solve a problem that uh, was adversely affecting a community or broader region you know, it could be economic, it could be a combination of economic and natural uh, disaster, okay. uh, uh, you know, or, or health-related, or, or, or access to uh, critical infrastructure that is lacking, that prevents uh, perceived opportunities to be uh, accessible or accomplished. Now, uh, uh, this role, was it like through the sort of government? Like, 
or yeah, they, you know, um, a lot a lot of these were through uh, um, local, state, federal, and tribal governments as well. So and and oftentimes, uh, a lot of the projects I were involved in uh, had had a combination of these entities, in, in addition to private entities and community members. Uh, so they had a varying a complexity uh, and 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 issues at hand, uh, but. Um, what they had in common was uh, the attempt to solve uh, issues uh, for a, uh, a population. Um, what turns out to be the outcome for most of these uh, were very uh, convoluted, um, very half-fast attempts to bring um, solutions and potential to the real problems at hand. It, it, it's, it's just, okay, we're just going to do the minimum, um, get some recognition, and then maybe have perceived notions of value and benefit we offer. And then, uh, you know, it could, you know, then it could turn into a ribbon cutting or a pat on the back or newspaper coverage, you, you, uh, you know, everyone having a, you, you know, a, a congratulatory pat on the back, that type of stuff. Curious and to know what, 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 uh, what could be an, sorry, curious to know, but what would be like an, like a, like a, uh, an half-assed approach to a sort of complex problem such as, you know, uh, sure. you know, poverty or, or, the, or the sort of lack of, yeah, uh, and it's not even, you know, I mean, you know, the, go, go, going to sort of the, the pathway to why I'm doing the project, uh, you know, I realized that a lot of the folks who were, you know, affected were not just, you know, as, as you mentioned, you know, maybe, you know, maybe poverty is, is a problem that a lot of people uh, uh, pay attention to and want to bring uh, resolutions to. Uh, a lot of these efforts that I was involved in, even though there, there were, you know, part of the demographics who, who were experiencing poverty, um, or, or, or the lack of access to, to, to resources. The majority of the population uh, were uh, working the middle class. And oftentimes, uh, you know, you, you would have folks who, who were considered to be the upper middle class. Um, okay. Often, it is the, the working class who are the most affected because they don't have the um, the headspace to move up and down uh, the the class stratification um, that is already embedded uh, for for people who who may already be in the poverty level, right? Because because you know you, you can't get get any lower, right? So the you know there are things. That happened to you, you you could perhaps you know improve at least on a temporary basis um, the, the working class folks were um, over this time and I didn't realize uh, this phenomenon um, almost a decade ago when I was involved in certain activities right I, w I was you know doing film projects you know but not in, you know in 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 the same vein as, as I'm doing them right now it was more along with, you know, narrative um, productions, you know, fiction productions, and then I was involved in um, 
incentives, you know, policy making for the f film industry, uh, developing film studios and, and, and things like that. Um, but the economic and community uh, activities I was involved in were supposed to bring heightened values to improve the quality of life for these individuals and, 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 and regions. Um, and it didn't. It, it, it permitted a false sense of heightened opportunity and prosperity and then it was left alone and it went dormant and then you could see that things start to regress on on different levels um and so fast forward uh to a couple of years ago i um was invited to uh develop and, and produce a, a, a short documentary on food insecurity issues so I, I, I dust off a lot of my, my notes, a lot of my memories, um, and, and I, I use some of the elements that I observed and gained experience from um, and, 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 and did that project. And it was in that project that uh, I coordinated with uh, ver various stakeholders through different organizations that were involved in the food insecurity hunger equation and I brought up the issue of one paycheck away. Because oftentimes, you know, as a lot of people perceive, you know, when, when someone is experiencing hunger, food insecurity, the first thing they think of, oh, you know, these people are um, impoverished, you, you know, they, they live, you know, in poverty. And, 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 and in my presentation, it, it was demonstrated that wasn't the case. And it was increasingly not the case. Even a lot of the stakeholders who would um, uh, focus previously on more of that demographic, you know, the demographic who were impoverished and in poverty, they are now seeing more participants, more people needing help who were college students, teachers, nurses, um, you, you know, you, your regular folks. Right. Right? Um, so, with, with that, um, you know, I went on to different things uh, and, and it, it was uh, back in, you know, around the time just, just before um, the winter of uh, 2019, uh, uh, it was, you know, around like uh, no, November and December uh, of uh, 2018 uh, that I uh, ran into some folks, you know, who saw some of my previous work and they remember the, the Hunger Project and they asked me if I had further uh, developed any uh, content or actions, uh, you know, related to uh, that project and they were, ex you know, especially interested in the one paycheck away phenomenon. You know, they were also very surprised when they saw it that so many people who were not living in poverty were needing help. Or, or not, you know, being but you know, have means to, to just um, uh, satisfy the basic needs, like, you know, having food on the table. Right. Uh, so it rekindled uh, something that perhaps I was unconsciously trying to bury, you know, because of my own jadedness. You know, you know, uh, you know, and then we could certainly, you know, bring some of those uh, cases back up. You know, I'm pretty, you know, uh, 
an open book and you know, I'll tell you anything. Um, but anyways, I started to do research about what's going on, you know, within the uh, greater economy in the U.S. So I, I, I um, saw on several different occasions initially about that 80% of uh, people in the U.S. were living in paycheck. You know, I just kept thinking that that's just fake news, you know, maybe it's exaggerated. And then I started to find that, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, referenced and studied and analyzed by people like Robert Reich, you know, who was the former um, Secretary of Labor under the Clinton administration. He's still a professor um, and a researcher in Berkeley, uh, you know, and he's done, uh, you know, quite a bit of work on inequality. Uh, and it wasn't just him, you know, who, who, who was studying this, who were analyzing it. So I started to do almost three months of research, uh, you know, with, with uh, the, the notion in the back of my mind, okay, there's something else going on. You know, this cannot be the real number. Uh, unfortunately, through my uh, own, own research, uh, and what I could find, you know, throughout that period, it validated that indeed that was the case. It is about 260 million people in the U.S. living paycheck to paycheck. And the very scary thing about that, too, is that a significant percentage of those people do not realize that they are. They do not realize that they're one tiny step away from having what they perceive to be security and stability in their lives coming undone. Right. I mean, that in itself, I mean, there are a sort of couple of points in like what you said that actually took me by like surprise. So when when sort of people, when sort of laymen, like people like me talk about, you know, people living paycheck to paycheck, you usually think about, as you said, like people who are not necessarily living in poverty, but are very close to that, that sort of lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. And when you said about, you know, people not having the necessary headspace, you know, is, what does that mean? Is that necessary? Does that mean that people don't have the necessary financial uh, edu education and like background or, uh, you know, is it? Is it that they are, is it that they are unable to plan for themselves financially, or they're unable to you know adapt themselves to a to and to to a sort of market that or to adapt themselves and enable themselves with sort of better skills to you know position themselves better in the job market. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, what like when we say headspace, like what mm -hmm. do we mean? And then the other part of that is you also mentioned that a small percentage of of these people living paycheck to paycheck were actually upper middle class, right? There were like students, nurses, mm -hmm. uh, you know, workmen, technician, etc. Mm -hmm. So like what, what exactly is this phenomenon? Because I'm not able to entirely wrap my head around it. Actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not easy to wrap your head around it. And, and somewhat is, is a, is a, you know, it, it was, it's a phenomenon that didn't happen overnight. Yeah. And that, that's what I realized. Uh, what, how, how you were just asking questions were indeed you know, very similar to my own discovery process. Uh, so, um, and, and, and the headspace that I, that I mentioned, uh, so um, that demographic that I mentioned to you that, that, that's unable 
to net, you, you know, uh, uh, get through that headspace because it's so limited and it squeezes their, their, their uh, quality of life and existence. Um, the United Way, you know, which is, you know, a, a big um, a nonprofit here in, in the United States, uh, you know, they're in every, you know, single one of the states. They do, do a lot of community work. Um, they, they started to study uh, this uh, several years ago, and I believe, and I, I could be remembering incorrectly, I think there, I think there, there, there are a dozen states um, that uh, had contributed data. Uh, and I remember, you know, when, when, when I first, you know, conceived this project and wanted to pursue it, one of the first stops that I made was United Way in uh, the state of Louisiana. At that um, meeting, uh, they uh, provided me with their research material. And um, there is a demographic that they describe, you know, as I was describing to you, uh, called ALICE. And the acronym stands for Asset Limited, Income Constraint, and the last thing, the E, Educated what we perceive the working class to be previously were, you know, these may not be people who, who are living in poverty, but they're probably not educated. You know, that's not true. These are educated folks right. in the U.S. Um, and that percentage of the demographic has grown significantly over the last decade. And it wasn't because people were coming out of poverty. I mean, there was a little bit, right? You know, you know, a tiny percentage. What happened is that the middle class demographic is starting to fall into that Alice demographics, what we used to think as the working class. So there, there's a very thin line. And now the headspace for the working, you know, that the Alice demographics, that working class group, they're unable to go back up to the middle class spectrum. So in some way, you know, when, when we're looking at 80% of people in the U.S. living paycheck to paycheck, it's easy to do the math. You know, when, when, you, when you look at things that way, it starts to make sense to me. Uh, at, at that point, right? But what you were, you were just asking too, you know, that um, do, do, do people understand uh, what's happening to them or, or if they can getting a recognition of it, are they able to do something about it? Oftentimes, they are not or have very limited access to opportunities to do that. And, 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 and there, there is something else that's going on, right? You, you know, and, and that would be the logical question to, to ask. And so it took me a little time to, to come to terms with that, you know, as I was uh, developing the project. And then I knew that I did not want to pursue this from a top-down commentary level, i.e., with a lot of nonfiction, you know, um, uh, documentaries that... Uh, may may want to address some of these issues. Uh, well, the first thing to do is go and um, get some experts, right? Uh, 
you know, we, we have a lot of, you know, material available to us already, you know, from experts, you know, in the forms of, you know, research and things like that. And I've worked with a lot of policymakers, you know, so I, I, I know how to navigate, you know, through that infrastructure. And I, I, I knew that if I were to do that, the likelihood is that we'll probably come up with the same assumptions and same type of articulation about the issues. And we're not gonna have any viable solutions. And that's not what I wanted. So I, that's when I decided that one paycheck away is a metaphor for the average person. And it's gonna be different, you know, for uh, different individuals, obviously. So um, I was fortunate enough uh, to get to uh, be introduced to certain characters who are now, uh, you know, key characters of the film. So they range from um, working class folks, you know, as we perceive a working class person is, you know, to um, uh, a couple of the uh, the, the anchor uh, key characters, they are very much middle class. We also have um, upper class, upper middle class um, individuals that experiences a life changing situation and something changed. So they're, they're also not as secure as they think they are. Uh, and, and, and in the U.S. and maybe is similar in Canada and certainly, you know, in some places in the EU and I know, you know, I spent some time in Dublin and Ireland uh, in 2019 so I got to, uh, you know, observe and, 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 and meet with, you know, some folks. So I saw some similar patterns there, you know, because of, you know, how we approach commerce and how how we shape industries and then how how, how we um change the the composites of so many of our communities and you know one, one of the key issue in the film itself is uh the you, you know the, the theme of displacement and a lot of the displacement have occurred as a result and an effect of gentrification uh, in in the u.s and in 2020 with the pandemic there is a new uh, maybe a refresh phenomenon with gentrification that's happening. It's no longer unique and confined to urban centers. We are now gentrifying uh, the fringes of suburbia. We're gentrifying rural America. And that is a very concerning uh, cultural phenomenon that is unfolding. Um, so there, 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 are a lot of complex issues at play. So for the individual, you know, whether you're working class, middle class, upper middle class, it's hard to wrap your head around, and and um, let let alone try to do something about it. So the key characters in the in the in the in the film, they have all experienced. Um, obstacles and navigations within the status quo systems and they try to adopt to methodologies that are prescribed in the status quo 
and they have reached a point where that is no longer a viable option for them. They have to change and they have to do something. So that's where the, you know, the breakaway, you know, and, and going back to the headspace, um, they're going to have to find a way to break through that headspace. Right. Now, uh, you know, you sort of mentioned that, uh, these like characters whose, whose lives and decisions uh, you, uh, the, the sort of documentary follows. Now, was there a sort of particular type of demographic that you were attempting to to approach, or uh, you know, uh, were they of a particular, uh, you know, uh, geographical location, you know, of a belonging to a, a certain uh, ethnical background? Like what or what? <laughs> how how uh, like how did you decide on which characters to sort of portray to, through the sort of documentaries, mm-hmm. and also where where you know in your experience where people willing to sort of share their lives, their decisions and their struggles, you know, on mm-hmm. the camera. How, how was that journey like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a- absolutely. And I, you know, I spent a lot of time up front, you know, as I was uh, doing research uh, and validating information and data and going through, you know, stats. So, you know, I was fortunate that, you know, throughout the years I've connected um, uh, with a lot of different folks, you know, who, who were in different uh, disciplines. Um, so through communications with them um, and, 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 and talking to them about, you know, what I'm up to and, and, and even though that I didn't have a definitive prescribe, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's unlike doing a, a fiction project. Even, even then, you know, you, you shift based on what you find. And, 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 and so that's how I work too. But, ex- but especially with this, from the onset, I knew that I, re- you know, I, I have to put my assumptions aside. Right. Um, and, 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 and be very open. So I talked to probably over 100 people up front who were potential characters in different parts of the country. Um, and I was fortunate that because of uh, my connections in, in Louisiana, I was, yeah, I was lucky to find a key character that embraced and still embraces so much of what the movie, the film, and the tonality of the issues maybe trying to convey. So I have a key character in Louisiana who uh, is a, uh, a seemingly successful uh, professional. Uh, grew up uh, in the state just uh, outside of New Orleans uh, in a, uh, a middle-class family. Uh, she's also African-American. Um, and she has a lot of connections to uh, local communities, policymakers, as well as on the state and national level. She is the housing guru of the state of Louisiana and well respected and recognized you know, on the national agenda as well. Um, it, it's, it's sort of ironic that I connected with her because my own personal perspective and position were so jaded 
by policy making, by anything that has to do with government initiatives. Um, and somehow I connected with this person who is still placing so much trust, but she's very honest in her approach about the shortcomings of a lot of these things. Uh, despite that she still has a very embedded trust in that process. She still believes that policy making is an effective way to deal with a lot of these socioeconomic um, issues that, that we're familiar with. So there, there is a little bit of reconciliation between me and her, you know, as part of the project. You know, and, and so I, I have to defer to her to articulate through her personal experience. So, so a lot of the times when we, um, you know, before the, the, you know, the lockdowns and things like that, I would be on location and actually uh, be with her, you know, on several days. And she goes from event to event, you know, and her interactions, you know, with folks. And I, I observe and I capture um, you know, all of that, you know, and, and what, what in the documentary world, you know, that, that, that style is called verite, right? So it's not, you know, interviews or, you know, so you're actually in action with these people. And I've been able to do that with several of our characters. And, um, and I'm hoping that, uh, you know, when we have a window again post, uh, you, you know, the, the, the risk of the current pandemic, uh, that we further that because I think it's you know through that that we realize that wow you know what this person is is experiencing is very similar to you know what you and I might have gone through in different situations right even though that we may have a different profession or different different occupation um, and and then perhaps through that is where some of the indication of solutions may come from. Uh, so, so with that said, you know, she's also been burned by the status quo, uh, you know, on, you know, many different uh, 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 situations. Uh, and, 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 and you may be aware that, um, you know, back in um, 2005, uh, yeah, 2005, that's when uh, Katrina hit Lu the state of Louisiana and that's completely devastated uh, the, 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 you know, the, the territory. And uh, 15 years later, they're still not recovered. You know, I, I mean, environmentally, economically, um, and, and anything, in, you know, and everything in between. And they continue to be uh, exposed to a lot of issues, you know, on an exaggerated, le exaggerated level. So, right. so I, I, I was fortunate to have the opportunity to engage in that place and with these people. So I'm also able, you know, through those connections, bring out how humanity, you know, us as human beings, relate to our natural world, you know, be, uh, you know, because of some of these conditions uh, that, are, that are already embedded uh, in, in a place like that. So, so that, that, that's how um, the project is evolving, you know, how the, you know, some of these, you, you know, um, characters are coming 
delight uh, and, and, and it's fascinating, you know, to, to learn about uh, not only about the, uh, the navigation, how one handles different challenges in life or taking opportunities and how do you maintain, re- you know, a, a form of a sense of resiliency? How do you keep going, right? So each one of these characters have elements of that. So, um, and I'll, I'll be, um, I'll disclose this right now, you know, which will be a big part of the film. I also had a sort of supporting cast, you know, to these main characters. So there's a couple who was in the supporting cast um, dimension uh, that, you know, I wanted to show the context. You know, they uh, are middle class and they do certain things and they help communities in certain efforts and, you know, little things happen here and there and and they're okay, right? So for, for the most part, that that's a lot of uh, people in the U.S. You know, they don't pay a whole lot of attention even though that they may be engaged in certain things. And then bang, a week ago, the husband had his leg amputated below his knee. Life-changing occasion for both him and her. Just like that. They both had decent jobs, a home, that they bought. So, and now and that all could, of a sudden, you know, happen to you know any one of us, right? And now all of a sudden, you know, uh, they they would need to think about oh, what what the, the, the sort of finances look like? How do we how do we like manage our how do we maintain our lifestyle? Is there a need to downgrade and all these other you know decisions that have now been taken, which were not even considered before, right? So, I think that right. that. And have you also explored like themes of like mental health and things like that? Because oftentimes, uh, you know, and this is, uh, you know, what we just read in sort of common like literature as well, oftentimes mental health issues, things like anxiety, depression, and other serious issues are closely mm-hmm. co- correlated with the, the, you know, the, the sort of uh, uncertainty when it comes to like financial matters, right? So is that something mm-hmm. that, your, that your film explores as well? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think it was a, uh, 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 you know, in, initially um, how I uh, perceived it, you know, knowing that, you know, I, I had to be flexible and observe and, 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 and allow um, phenomenon to uh, unfold through the uh, lens and the direct experiences of these individuals. Uh, and uh, several of them have gone through that situation, you know, where, where uh, their mental health was affected. Um, and it's a thin line between what perhaps seemingly on the surface level triggered by a financial situation and what was already something else that is not only in our individual psyche but our collective psyche as a culture and that's what is the scary part of this so as i was watching some of these things unfold and then heading into the pandemic i realized that so much of what i'm watching is a walking nightmare 
It's almost like a real horror story. And the fear is connected in a lot of these individuals who are strangers to one another. And yeah, you know, the economics and the financial part of it, it's a critical articulation. But I'm starting to, to see what is behind it. And, and, and that, that, that to me is scary because a lot of people, you know, as you mentioned a little earlier, you know, how do we wrap our heads around this, right? And it may be that we don't. And if we don't, then how do we adjust to face it, you know, in a way? It's, it's almost like, you know, realizing we, we have a trauma we need to face up to. Either we turn the other way, right? Just go turn on Netflix and watch Tiger King or, you know, whatever, you know, people watch, right? Um, uh, or for a lot of people, uh, you know, I have a buddy who uh, was from the state of Alabama. He left some years ago. He, he, he was part of the cohort, you know, with a lot of his friends and, and families. He, you know, he, he knew and still knows uh, who stayed, you know, within the community where they, they grew up. Uh, when went to school, they're educated, you know, university educated, smart people. Um, the only means for them to make a living was to get a, a quasi-skilled job with a manufacturer or a factory or some vertical chain company. That's oftentimes, you know, part of the automotive industry, you know, or... Um, or some, some tech uh, uh, production company. Um, and in, in that neck of the woods, you're lucky if you got paid $9 an hour. So how do you, how do you really sustain a way of living? You know, I think most people just give up along the way. And that's why you see a lot of substance abuse. You know, many, you know, many people turn to something that could numb them. You know, if I'm numb, I'm not gonna have to realize that I have these things that I need to face up to and try to solve. You know, he was fortunate enough to get out, um, but it was at the expense of a lot of different things, you know, uh, you, you know and, and, and going through substance abuse himself. Um, and, and these are not you know, you marginalize people to begin with, you know, they, they didn't come from poverty, right? So I think, you know, especially for, for younger folks now, we no longer have that preconceived notion that there is this upward mobility. You know, you go from you know, this type of level of job and then you get more money, you know, and it's, you know, I mean, all of that is coming undone. There's something going on um, that is informing us, you know, such as, you know, what, what I like to, uh, you know, look back to 2020 is, you know, all the things 
uh, phenomenon that it unfolded, that it exposed, very much similar to, uh, you know, in, in some ways, uh, what Katrina, Hurricane Katrina did to Louisiana. It exposed a lot of the adverse negative issues that were already part of that society that we didn't want to pay attention to. And 2020 in the U.S. did that. And unfortunately, I'm seeing the same pattern of complacency that we are not facing it front and center. I don't, you know, maybe you can inform me about some of the things in Canada, uh, in, in your neck of the woods. You know, I, you know, love to learn more about it too. But, you know, I hear different things from different parts of the world. Yeah, that is the, the sort of stark reality, right? Like, so, I mean, I am, I for one, I'm really, really uh, looking forward and and I'm super excited to, you know, watch the, the sort of documentary when it comes out for my viewers and listeners. The link to One Paycheck Away is in the description below. So, you know, feel free to click on it, check it out. And are, are there any, ha, has these the sort of potential, you know, release dates been some, something that, you know, sort of you can share with our viewers and I'm sure a lot of them. Yeah, uh, it, it, you know, it's hard to pinpoint, you know, an absolute release date because of the uh, the ongoing phenomena of the pandemic and, and what we want to uh, pursue as part of the, um, the the next stage of production with our characters. You know, we need really need to be on site, on location with them, you know, as their lives change. Uh, and how they're shifting, um, and, and and we want we want the the film itself at the end of the day uh, that the audience is seeing a semblance of solution that they can relate to. Uh, you, you know, just just pounding on problems after problems. Yeah, we know what the problems are. Right. right? Um, <clears throat> it's it's more uh, my interest, my intention to find a way that the audience, you know, who's viewing the film itself wants to participate you, you know they i want i want people to ask relevant questions you know after they watch this or have some semblance of hey i could take a step for myself to do x um so with that said realizing that there may be opportunities to release uh, at least um, some content we're looking at maybe producing you know a parts of the story in shorts right. and then uh, releasing them online for free for for, for free viewing um, and then that's you know been been my approach too. you know working with limited resources being careful uh, not to adhere or being caught in the conventional model of chasing the dollar you know, so it's like, okay, oh, well, you know, I have people come to me and say, oh, you should talk to so-and-so, you know, there's a grant and, and, and then, you know, I, I do a little bit of um, digging around, well, that organization really isn't compatible with some of the things that we're conveying. They may be offended and then they're going to say, hey, maybe you guys need to tone this down a little bit. Uh, yeah. No. You'll you know, so this, this really, yeah, you know, I, I have to ensure that this project is not a one-off entertainment-driven 
type of initiative. I don't need to do that. I don't need to waste anyone who wants to watch this time to do that. Right. Uh, so I, I want this to have a continuity. Uh, I envision that from this, there, there are issues that would be unresolved that we all deem uh, uh, critical and important for us to find solutions to. I want to take those elements and develop related projects to this film and have more and more people participate, not only in the U.S., but worldwide, because you know a lot of these issues are not uncommon in different parts of the world. Uh, it is that the, the U.S. right now um, has a lot, you know, that that's being exposed, and we we are probably the most complacent in the world in not wanting to solve it. Right, right, makes sense. I mean, we will definitely be on the lookout for for the shorts when they release, and the, the, the and you know keep a sort of close eye on. On the sort of website for you know further updates. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Often we yeah. are at time. I, I can't like thank you enough for coming on the show. This was amazing, and and you and you actually educated me and our like viewers on so many things that are actually affecting society. Right. Like I had no idea about the the sort of middle class aspect of it that the the Alice concept. Right. And and so many other you know uh, uh, serious stuff that's actually impacting our like populace. Right. And Right, almost affecting two sixty million people. Like that's that yeah. is a humongous number. I mean, I first read that, I was astounded. So, thank you. You know, yeah. the the truth was that I didn't believe it when I saw it. Right. And I welcome. You know, we welcome commentaries. You know, people who want to share their stories. Uh, you know, if you go on our webpage, we actually have a community page where there 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 are a lot of community stories that people have shared. So, you know, it's from that that we could, you know, begin to create the fabric of, you know, what, you know, may be viable solutions for, for a lot of people. So please share, you know, please do talk about it, think about it, act on it, you know, reach out to us, question it. For sure. And uh, with that, uh, thank you, Duncan. And uh, we will, we will be on the Southern Department for further details. Thank you. Yeah, be well. Have a good evening. You too, thanks. Thank you.